Acts 17, verse number 5. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Now, I preached what I'm going to preach today in Union City, Tennessee in January. I preached it in Durham, North Carolina. And I, this entire week, every time I prayed, God kept putting this back in my spirit for this church today. Now, you know how the Word of God works. Every time we hear the Word of God, it is fresh, it is new, and there's fresh and new insight. So I want your hearts to be open, your minds to be open, your spirits to be open to what God wants to say to First Pentecostal Church on this first Sunday of March. If you're going to allow God's Word to work in your spirit today, I want you to lift both hands up toward heaven. And I just want you to magnify and praise God one more time before we're seated. Come on. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for this congregation that's gathered here today on your day. Lord, we come to celebrate you today. I pray you would touch this church. Let us hear your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Today... I'm going to preach from this question. Who is Jason? Who is Jason? I received a funny text a few weeks ago from Brother Jason Varnum, and he said, I am Jason. <laughs> the biographical Bible suggests that there are 3,237 biblical characters. There are about 1,070 or 1,770 men who are explicitly named in Scripture. There are 176 women named in Scripture. Roughly 1,946 people in your Bible are mentioned by name. There are another 1,291 people who are mentioned not by their name, but maybe by a description of who they are. Maybe lad or damsel or woman or man or leper or some other descriptive word used to uh, indicate that person. Some of the unnamed individuals in your Bible were great people that did great things and yet we do not know their names it's, isn't it interesting we do not know the name of noah's wife we know his three sons names but we don't know his wife's name we do not know the name of pharaoh's daughter who rescued moses from the nile we do not know the name of the cupbearer in the story of joseph we 
We know about Naaman, the Syrian army chief. We know that he was a leper, but we don't know the name of the young girl that was in his house that told him it would be a good idea for him to visit Elisha in Israel. And there, the prophet would give him instructions for his healing. We don't know the name of the wealthy woman in Shunem that built a room for the prophet Elisha because of her generosity God gave her a son out of uh, the season for childbearing. Who was King David's mother? We know his father's name was Jesse, but there is no record of David's mother's name. We've heard the story over and over of Jesus' birth. We know that the first people to receive the announcement that Jesus had been born were some, some shepherds on a Judean hillside. They were the very first that the angelic host came and proclaimed that a Savior had been born. And yet, we do not know those shepherds' names. We do not know the wise men's names. We know that they brought three great gifts, and a lot of people have, have uh, through... History tried to attach a name to each one of those three gifts. But we don't even know that there were three wise men. There could have been a half dozen, a dozen. And we sure don't know their names. We don't know the name of the lad who had a small lunch that day as Jesus, teach, to, as Jesus taught to 5,000 individuals, not counting the women or the children. But that little lad's lunch of Two fish and five barley loaves became the catalyst for feeding over 5,000 people. We don't know the name of the lady with the issue of blood who rushed to Jesus' hem of his garment and pulled on that garment and virtue came out of, of Jesus. We, we don't know the name of the thief who was hanging on the cross. We, we don't know today a lot of the names of people in the Bible. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, Scripture says there were about 120 people in the upper room. And other than the apostles, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James, and Matthias and the mother of Jesus, Mary, there are 107 that go unnamed in the story of the day of Pentecost. Paul writes almost the entirety of the New Testament, and yet there's just a few names found in his writings. He mentions people as he writes Romans and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians. And he writes to Apollos and talks about Apollos. He, he talks about Luke and Barnabas and John Mark and Silas and Demas and Timothy and Titus and Erastus and, and Aristarchus and Gaius and Phoebe and Prisca and Aquila who risked their lives to save the Apostle Paul. He talks about Onesiphorus. 
and Eponidas, who was the first convert in Asia. He talks about Mary. He mentions her name, who was a hard worker in the first century church. He talks of Andronicus and Junia, who were fellow prisoners with the apostle Paul. And they were well known to all the, of the apostles. In fact, they came to Christ before the apostle Paul came to Christ. He, he tells us about Ampliatus and Urbanus and Stachus and the family of Aristobulus and Herodian and the family of Narsus and Apelles and Tryphena and Tryphosa and Persis and Rufus and his mother. He, 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 he talks and, and, and mentions the name of Asyncritus and Phlegon and Hermes and Patrobus and Hermas and Philologus and Julia and Nerus and Olympus and Lucius and Jason and Sisypater and Tertius and Tychus and Trophimus and Quartus. He mentions these names, but these are only a few of the hundreds of thousands of first century Christians. And so today, our text comes from the 17th chapter of Acts. It's a story that speaks about the Apostle Paul. In fact, the Bible tells us, beginning in verse 1 of 17, that, that uh, Paul, having passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, came to Thessalonica. And there in Thessalonica, he goes to a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as was his manner, the Bible says, went in unto them in this synagogue and three Sabbath days he reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of, some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks, a multitude of the chief women, not a few. So Paul begins to speak to these people assembled in the synagogue of Thessalonica. The Bible tells us that there was a great multitude that began to believe what Paul was saying. In fact, there were many noteworthy women that we don't know their names, but they were chief women. And the Jews did not like what Paul was doing. In fact, they hated his message and they hated him so much that they began by envy. They were moved with envy. They took unto themselves some the Bible tells us certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Now that's a fancy way to say some worthless loafers <laughs> from the streets. He took some rabble rousers, if you will, and he gathered a company or a mob of people and he set the, they set the entire city on an uproar and they assaulted the house of Jason and they sought to bring them out to the people and the Bible says and when they found them not speaking of Paul and Silas they drew Jason they grabbed a hold of Jason 
And certain brethren unto the rulers of the city crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king. Oh, I'm thankful I know another king. One Jesus. So on that fateful day, the rulers of the city associated Jason and some of the other brothers with the men who were accused of turning the world upside down. You see Acts 17 verses 5 through 9 and Romans 16, 21 are the only mentions of the name Jason. Who is Jason? Well, the only information we have is that Jason was from Thessalonica and he owned a house. Thank God for homeowners. And he had enough money to post the bond for for himself and Paul and Silas. Some scholars even believe that Jason was a Hellenization of the name Joshua and that Jason was a Jewish Christian. Other than these details, we have nothing else about him. Now, there have been people in history try to create a narrative around him. They've even tried to saint him. But we really do not know anything else about this man. Other than it was this man who was associated with the people and even accused of turning the world upside down. I want to tell you today, those of you in the balcony and in the mezzanine and on the floor today, it doesn't take a pedigree. It doesn't take notoriety to turn your world upside down for Jesus. Well, everybody ought to praise him. I'll tell you what's happened in our society because of, of media and, and, and all the technology that has rapidly expanded. We've created a celebrity culture in our world and it's even crept into the church where there is this celebrity culture and, and we, 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 we gather around people that have a certain name. But I want to tell you today that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you come from. It doesn't matter what type of car you drove today and put on this parking lot. It doesn't matter the name brand inside of your suit or even if you don't have a suit on today. It doesn't matter what your educational background is or how much money or not much money you have in the bank. What matters is that you make the commitment I am going to be a part of a group of people that turn my world upside down. Who is Jason? Well, we don't really know. But we know he turned the world upside down. I'm reminded of one of whom Isaiah prophesied. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should 
desire him. He was born in obscurity. Mary gave birth to a tiny baby named Jesus in a dirty stable filled with animals in Bethlehem. The prophet foretold that, but thou Bethlehem Ephratah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. He was raised in Nazareth. The people of his day referred to him as Jesus of Nazareth. You understand today that Nazareth had no significance. It had no importance in that day it had no illustrious history for it is not even mentioned in the entire old testament it was just a wide spot in the road that historians believe maybe 200 to 400 people lived in it nazareth did not possess a great reputation in fact such lack of respect was likely due to an unpolished dialect and a lack of culture, and quite possibly a measure of irreligion and moral laxity. It was just an old backwater, backwaters town. It was, if you will, what people try to say about us, hillbillies. They were just people with not much class or culture. They lived up in the woods somewhere, and people didn't really know much about them. In fact, when Philip talked to Nathaniel about Jesus, Nathaniel responded, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Of course, Philip looked at Nathaniel and said, come and see. I'm reminded of what the writer John wrote in his gospel, the prologue of his gospel, chapter one. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Think about it with me for a moment. The man who cleansed lepers, the man who turned water into wine, the man who raised up people who were lame from birth, the man who did great miracles, was rejected by his own kinsmen. He was rejected by his own town. I'm telling you today, it was Jesus who when riding into Jerusalem on that triumphant day that we celebrate called Palm Sunday, when he came into Jerusalem and the city was moved, they were saying this question, who is this? Who is this man? And people said, this is, this is the prophet of Nazareth. This is Jesus, the one from Nazareth. And no doubt when people heard that, they began to wonder, who is this man? And, and, and it, it, can anything good come from this man? It took a Gentile centurion to recognize fully who Jesus was when he said, truly, this was the Son of God. So my whole purpose in talking about Jesus and associating him with Jason is this. People of his day did not recognize him. They rejected him. He had nothing desirable about his countenance that would draw people to him. And yet, Jesus 
change the world forever. I want to tell you today, you don't have to have a charismatic personality. You don't have to know how to say it just right. You don't have to have the right twist on it. If you want to be used of God, God will use you to turn the world upside down. In fact, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I want to tell you today that we're just earthen vessels. We're just jars of clay. And when you get the Holy Ghost, when you get baptized in Jesus' name after repenting of your sins and God fills you with His Spirit evidenced by speaking in other tongues, when you get the Holy Ghost, you get something supernatural living on the inside of a jar of clay, an earthen vessel. Why? Because the excellency of the power is of God and it's not of us. It's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about your humanity. It's all about the Holy Ghost that dwells within us. Oh God, help us today. Help us today. We want to use every excuse in the book. Well, I'm not a good speaker. Well, neither was Moses. I've got a physical ailment. I've got something that's keeping me back. Well, Paul had some kind of thorn. There's no reason for you to hide behind. There's no reason for you to hide behind the church and just say, well, I'll let somebody else. Hey, God is looking for Jasons today. He's looking for men and women. You're not worried about the spotlight. You're not worried about your name appearing in lights. You're not worrying about the next post that goes on Instagram and whether your picture and your name's attached to it or not. In fact, you know why we're sitting in this sanctuary today? Because a whole lot of Jasons said, let's build a church in North Little Rock, Arkansas on the side of Interstate 40 for the glory of God. Hey, I'm not knocking other churches today, but you're not going to find people's names on these pews saying in memory of. You're not going to look around and see a column with a name on it or you're not going to see the floor with somebody's name on it because we all realize we're just Jasons and we're working for God. It's not about us. It's not about our name. It's not about who we are. It's all about Jesus. If I ever felt anything in prayer today, it's this. If we're going to go across the freeway, it's going to be because there are Jasons who say, I'm willing to roll my sleeves up. I'm willing to work. I'm willing to labor. I'm willing to see the kingdom of God advance. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God will advance on the backs of Jasons. Well, I wish the rest of you agreed with me today.
Let me tell you what Peter said. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. You're chosen. Everybody say chosen. Look at your neighbor, point to him and say, you've been chosen. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a special people. Why are you chosen? Why are you royal? Why are you holy? Why are you special? That you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We're not chosen. We're not royal. We're not holy. We're not special to benefit ourselves. We're all those things so that we can show forth His glory. So we can show forth His power. So we can show forth His miraculous works. The Bible says, and this the Lord appointed 70 others. Everybody say 70 others. He didn't even call them by name. In fact, most of the people he did call by name, he changed their name. He took their old identity away. Gave them something else. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. When you go down in that watery grave, you go down an old man, an old woman, but when you come up out of that grave, you've got a new name. You've got the name of Jesus over your life. I thought some of you'd get excited with me today. Anybody in the balcony gonna be excited with me today that your name has been changed. Your name has been changed. He said he chose 70 others. He sent them out two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said unto them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest today there is a great vacancy many unfilled positions for laborers in the harvest the hour is growing late now is the time for the church to arise and say I may never be Apostle Paul I may never be Peter but I'm willing to do whatever I can for the kingdom of God. I'm willing to work. I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to sacrifice. I'll even let them use my house, whatever it takes. I'll use my money. I'll do whatever it takes just to see the world turned upside down. You see, there's a calling and a purpose for everyone in the church. First and foremost, we're called to be saints. Paul wrote to Timothy, his son in the gospel, and he said, Be be not thou, therefore, ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, 
nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world. He wrote to the church at Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians 1, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Paul speaks to Timothy and he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be the soldier. Don't become so encumbered and ensnared by the affairs of life that you can't answer the call of God to become a good soldier. Let me tell you today, what matters the most is not who knows you. On this earth. What matters the most is that you are known by God. Who cares if anyone ever really knows you on earth? Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to rejoice because your name is written in heaven. You know what? That's the reason why we say welcome to the party. That's the reason we celebrate on Sunday nights because we're rejoicing. Our name is written in glory. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you. Don't rejoice because you can speak and subdue spirits. Don't rejoice because you've got the power to walk on serpents and scorpions. And you've got the power over the enemy and nothing can hurt you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Who cares if I'm ever known on this earth as long as my name is written in heaven. That's all that matters. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them and I, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. God, I want the real thing. I said I want the real thing. I know authenticity is a buzzword right now in our world. Being authentic is cliche, but I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I want this church to be authentic. I want this church to be real. We're not built on hype. We're not built on sensationalism. We're not built on fluff. We're built on the Word of God. We're built on doing the works that the apostles did. We're built, oh hallelujah, on the words of Jesus. We will do greater works than these, but it's going to be in your name. It's never going to be about this platform. It's never going to be about this music team. It's never going to be about this choir. It's never going to be about this person or that person. It's going to be about Jesus. Paul says in Philippians, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and crown, so steadfast in the Lord. Stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also. True yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Everybody say other. Come on, say other. Other Other fellow laborers. (laughs) Paul didn't even take the time to name all of them. He just said other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. So today, which would you rather? You want your name in the who's who book that you pay to get in? (laughs) Or do you want your name written down in glory? We want our name in the newspaper. Lord have mercy, I don't. <laughs> we had enough attention during COVID. Last me a lifetime. We want our name mentioned in some society magazine. Is that the is that the apex? Is that the climax of our life to have our name mentioned here on earth? Or are we looking forward to that day when the book of life is opened and our names are said aloud in the heavenlies? John writes about the book of life in Revelation 3. 
He that overcometh comes the music. The same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I want my name mentioned when I stand before God. Who's Jason? Well, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is we know he helped turn the world upside down. All we know about Jason is he helped fund the mission. He helped make the mission keep going. Paul and Silas were able to keep preaching the gospel. He was just one of those who happened to have his name called in Paul's letter, but he really, we don't know a whole lot about. I'm looking today at people in this room. God has placed you in this church. I don't say this lightly. He's put you here for a purpose. It's not to make the home's name great or First Pentecostal Church of North Little Rock's name great. It's about making the name of Jesus more known and spread abroad. It's about advancing the kingdom of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. A few weeks ago, I said it. I didn't even know what I said till I, afterwards. In fact, I didn't authorize anybody to put it on the church post. But I said that I see chairs in this building. And I still feel that way. In fact, I said that on a Sunday night. There was a, that Sunday morning broke the 300 mark there was a lady in this church down front worshiping praising God and she said I kept saying oh God you've done great things you've done marvelous things oh God what are you going to do next I can't wait to see and she was just crying and rejoicing she said the Holy Ghost spoke to her and said I need more space I need more seats. Those were her, the exact words she spoke that God spoke to her. That was Sunday morning. Sunday night in the middle of church, I said what I said. She came to me Tuesday night. She said, I went home and talked to my husband, told him about what happened Sunday morning and what happened Sunday night. And she said, I felt God prompt me to write a check she said, I was just going to wait to see what my husband would say about the number that I, get, I want to give. She said, Pastor, he said the exact figure that I had been praying about giving. She handed me a check for chairs. $5,000 to buy chairs for this building. Will you ever know her name? Probably not. 
not really the important part. Because who is Jason anyways? He's one of those who turned the world upside down. Stand with me today. I told the story a few years ago. I'm going to share it again today. It was either 1955 or 56 on Olive Street, North Little Rock. The Childress family had a boarding house. This is a picture of Sister Lucille Childress. She was the sweetest lady. I know most of you probably don't remember, but those that do, would you lift your hand if you remember her? It's more than I thought, but still not very many. I told them in Durham, she had the sweetest, softest cheeks. She'd hug you up. She smelled like powder. But not cosmetic powder. <laughs> she was so sweet. So sweet. In fact, I was telling the story and her granddaughter, her sister Dara Love, who lives in Louisiana. She told me, she said, well, really, it was Grandpa Childers that got the revelation of truth. She said, he was a Baptist preacher. God spoke to him, drew him to truth. And he was baptized in the name of Jesus, repented of his sins, and received the Holy Ghost. But Sister Lucille Childress was the sweetest person you ever met. And they had a boarding house for soldiers. There was a soldier, the Thule Air Force Base in Greenland who heard about Sister Childress's boarding house. And his name was Charles Taylor. And when he had the choice to decide where he would be stationed after leaving Greenland, he remembered that boarding house in, Little Rock, in North Little Rock, Arkansas, and he said, I want to be stationed at Little Rock Air Force Base. So Charles Taylor came to North Little Rock and went to the boarding house on Olive Street of the Childresses. And there he heard about this precious Acts 2.38 message. He went to church with brother and sister Childress at 2nd and Buckeye. And God gave him the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. And my grandfather, the late Bishop A.O. Holmes, baptized him in Jesus' name. Brother Taylor became a preacher of the gospel. And he and Sister Taylor, I think we have a picture of them, of the Taylors. He and Sister Taylor, they had a daughter named Janice. And Janice was about nine years old when she said she felt like Jesus came into her room touched her foot, came to the end of her bed and said, Janice, I have a work for you to do. I want you to go to Brazil and be a missionary. She told her mom and dad the next morning, she told me, Sister Janice did, said they didn't believe me. They kind of laughed at me. 
they talked among themselves and said, well, if Janice really feels this one day, she'll, she'll go. But we'll just kind of put it, push it to the back. She's just nine years old. Janice never forgot about it. In fact, at Janice's graduation from Buckeye Christian School, everybody, instead of giving her graduation gifts, they gave her money to help get her to Brazil. She went to Brazil at 18, not knowing the country. We're talking about different. She didn't have Google or Google Translate. She went to Brazil. God began to work through her. She married Raul Alviar. And for 54 years, 300 churches later, Janice continues preach to the nation of Brazil. Janice had a son named Raul Alviar Jr. And Raul Alviar Jr. married Sister Michelle. They have two beautiful children, Julia and Nathan. And they're preaching the gospel all because of brother and sister Childress all because of a Jason. You wouldn't even know who they were. Some of you maybe even have forgotten about them. All because of a little lady that said, I'm just going to do what I can for the Lord. I'm going to give everything I can. I'm going to work for God. I'm going to show His love. I'm going to show His kindness. I'm going to be the hands and the feet and arms of Jesus. I know my name may never be mentioned My name may never be associated with anything, but I'm just going to do what I can. I'll do what I need to do. But here we are today, many years later, calling out that beautiful name, Sister Effie Lucille Childress. She was a Jason who said, I'm just going to, I'm going to work and I'm going to help turn the world upside I wonder today, feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God is calling people in this house. He's calling men and women to come to this front and lift your hands and say, God, I want to be Jason. I want to be able to do whatever I can for the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God advance. I'm not worried about notoriety. I'm not worried about popularity. I just want to work for you. I just want to be a fellow laborer. I want my name written in the book of life. But I'm not worried about whether anybody knows who I am or not here on earth. God, I just want to be a Jason. Anybody, are there anyone, anyone in this room today Anybody feel that way today, God? I just want to work for you. I want to do what I can. Come on, I just want to do what I can. That's what Jesus said about the about the woman who broke the expensive box of, of ointment. He said she has done what she could. Hey, let's just do what we can. Let's just work for God. Let's do our part. Come on across this sanctuary in the balcony. 
Come on, balcony. You need to come on down. Oh, right now. In the name of Jesus, there's stairs in the back. You quickly make your way down. Come join the rest of your family down at this front. Come on. Let's pray. Let's pray, church. God wants to do something through us. He wants to do something great. He wants to work through us. It's not about us. It's not about our name. It's not about our popularity, our notoriety. It's about His name. That His name would be glorified. That His gospel would be preached. That His kingdom would advance. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your hands, church. Come on, in the name of Jesus. God's done great things in this church. And I realize people recognize this church far and wide. I get that. 
know, I still, I don't know, it still is like weird to me when people come up and say, well, I, I, you know, we watch your service online. I praise God for it, but it's not about us. This building wasn't built to glorify the people that go to church here. Whatever God chooses to do in the future, it's not to glorify us. It's not to say we know what we're doing. Come learn from us. Oh God, rid Pentecost of that spirit. Help us, God. Help us, God, to realize whatever we do for whatever we do on earth, it should be done for His glory, His honor. If you feel that way, I want you just right now to lift your hands and say it. God, whatever we do, whatever I do, may it bring glory and honor to your name. Come on, say it, God. I just want to glorify your name. God, I want to make your name bigger. I want to make your name more glorious. It's not about me. It's not about who I am. It's not about my popularity. I just want you to be glorified. I want you to be glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking today to see so many here today. God has called you. He's placed you in this place, in this building, in this church for a purpose, for a reason. It's amazing to see what God is doing. The lives that have been changed. The power of God that's demonstrated in this place on a weekly basis it's overwhelming and let us never get so comfortable let us not become so confident so assured that we ever start thinking it's a something we're doing or something about us yes this is a unique place yes it is special but it's because of Jesus it's because of Jesus. Oh, come on, let's glorify Him. Let's magnify Him today. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and you're not a part of this church family. Well, I want to encourage you. Jump in. We want you to be here. We want you to be a part of us. Hallelujah. Let me tell you how you do that. You don't fill out a a membership form. Tell you how you do that. You repent of your sins. Get baptized in the name of Jesus. You receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And when you get his name over your life, you become you become a part of of a great big family of believers that circle this globe. Are you thankful to be a part of the church of the living God? Oh, May the Lord bless you today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, church family, for letting me obey the Holy Ghost today. God is so good to us. I look around and see new faces. We're so thankful for every person that's a part of this church. So good to have Brother and Sister Whitaker back home. We love these people. So 
glad they're a part of us. So many countless ones God has brought, blessed this church, and we're so thankful for all that God has done, all that God is doing, and all that God is going to do. Hallelujah. Let's be Jasons. What do you say? You want to be a Jason? You want to be a laborer? You want to be a worker in the kingdom of God? In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Turn around to someone. Tell them, I'm glad you came to church.